You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. Romans chapter 10, beginning at verse 13. And it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they call and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Who hath believed thy report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. We have a setting here, something that we need to back up and begin to look at principles. One thing that has been tugging at my heart lately has to do with the area of people receiving from God. And when you have a call upon your life to preach the gospel of the good news, you know what all the gospel and the good news can do for somebody, what it's done for you personally, the change that it has wrought in you, how that your life has just been completely reversed and turned and gone a brand new direction. And it's taken on depth and dimension that you've never experienced before, even knew it was even possible to have or enter into. It's all because of the Word of God and the power that's been brought forth through it and the meaning that it has for you. And yet to other people, seemingly carrying no meaning, not alive, not powerful, to where that you'd be in a situation in where there'd be two people with the same condition, where one would walk away healed and blessed by the power of God and miracle wrought, and the other person still be sitting there in the same condition. You begin to question, well, why? Why? Well, naturally, this section of Scripture comes up, and you begin to see certain principles and things, and things you can hook on to, and things that we have preached and taught in days gone by, but I begin to see something in a new light, something that began to help me. And as you start in there, we know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that that is a truth in the Word of God. If that's God's will, that is the expression of Him, of His desire for everybody throughout the world. But yet we know good and well not everybody's saved. Well, you say, well, that's where it is, is the next part is, is they don't know to call upon the name of the Lord. So it has to do with knowledge. We know that Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we know that a person without knowledge can't act. You can't act on something that you don't know about. So that's the key. Well, no doubt that's a part of it. But people need to know, they need the knowledge, they need to be able to come to that place of understanding. And yet, I've seen people who had heard and still didn't. So it can't be just the fact of that. It wasn't the fact that somebody hadn't told them. Yes, there needs to be the preacher. They need to hear. That's why God's setting the church. People to declare the truth, to edify the saints. 
and that everybody should be declaring the goodness of God and the power of God and all that. Well, it is beautiful. And the people that who do preach it that minister to your life, yes, to you their feet are beautiful. Precious. You rejoice. I can't tell you what certain men have meant to my heart and life. And what a privilege it would be just to wash their feet. Because it is beautiful. Because they delivered unto me that which was profitable for me. And brought good news and glad tidings. The word of God. That I would profit and grow and learn. Be blessed by. Well, thank God for that. So the gospel of peace. That's what they preach. Glad tidings of good things, not evil things. But you know as well as I do that you preach the gospel and not everybody will obey it. So you understand that disobedience can be a problem too. A person can hear the word and not obey it and still not get God's best. I know many times. Because I wouldn't do what I knew to do, I cut myself off. I stopped the blessings of God in my life. Cut myself short where I couldn't enter into the things that God wanted me to enter into. Isaiah declared, Lord, who hath believed thy report? Not all have obeyed. You know, a lot of people, the reason they don't have success, we'll get the definition out in Joshua 1 8. But have you ever noticed in that, defin you know, in that part there talking about having good success, that the key to it is to observe and to do the Word of God? Yet not, all, not everybody will do it. Not everybody will observe it. So we know that if people don't hear, they can't enter into it. We know that people that don't do the Word of God won't enter into it. So we can establish right there in those sections of scriptures that's basic things of why people don't receive from God, why they don't get healed. Yet, how many times people seemingly have heard, seemingly have obeyed, and still don't. Verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes. So there are people that hear. And what do they hear? I was thinking back before I ever received the tangible anointing, the healing power of God, one of the things that I was confronted with, had to contend with regularly, was that I couldn't minister with that tangible anointing, so I had to rely strictly upon preaching the gospel and the good news. And that as a believer, lay hands upon the sick and trust that they'd recover. And I thought back to, you know, I had a number of people that were healed of cancer even before I had a tangible anointing in my life. They were healed of cancer. Been given so long to live, you know, they were terminal cases, and that was, you know, a uh, documented fact. And then they'd come, and particularly two ladies who were in my Bible study down in Muskogee when I started out teaching. And, uh, well, actually there were three that came along about the same time. Two of them got healed and one didn't. The other two, each of them got, you know, received healing at a different time in a different manner. But still, two got healed and one didn't. And it made you question. They heard the same word. The preacher was sent. Had a message. It was the same good news, the same glad tidings. It was the same good report. See? It wasn't that I preached, you know, something different to each one. I preached the same thing to every one of them. They heard the same gospel, the same good news, the same glad tidings. Two got healed, one didn't. Why didn't the one get healed? 
Does mean that God doesn't love them? Well, we know that's not so. God loves the whole world. Doesn't love just the believer. He loves the whole world, even that sinner out there. So it can't be that it's not, you know, the love of God. There has to be another element that enters in. We cut ourselves short. So I begin to examine and back up and to think. Why? I begin to examine the word there. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's two words in the Greek language that are translated word of God. One is logos and one is rhema. And actually, back up in the 15th verse and all, where it's talking about preaching the gospel of good peace and bring glad tidings of good things, actually that's in a sense in the form of logos. In other words, the logos is that a complete and entire recorded written word that we have of that which God has said or promised. And it's there and it's available unto all. It's not meant for just a few. But it's available unto everybody. That is God's will, God's expression to us, his desire for our heart and our life as individuals. Yet, people read the words, and you stop and think of the churches throughout the nation that are preaching, and yet to them, many of them, it's a dead letter. Even the preacher that's preaching it, Many times it's a dead letter. And because even he is not fully yielded and consecrated to the power of God and all, then he can't even be a good vessel for the power of God to even flow through, to even make it come alive to somebody. Well, to preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, we can generally say, whether it's that way in the Greek or not, in the general context, we're talking about the word of God, the Logos. That's available to all. We all understand it. We all know it. Yet, a lot of people have the Logos. Logos meaning a general knowledge of God and his promises. A general knowledge of it. And it's one thing to know something about God, and it's another thing to know God. Did you hear me? I said it's one thing to know about God, and it's another thing to know God. It becomes different when the Word of God begins to speak to you. The Word of God is there, and it can be just simply a dead letter. And people can read it again and again. And we need to read it again and again. And let me say something to you. There's elements here that we need to get the Word down inside of even from the standpoint of memory so that, that uh, the Lord will have some to call to our remembrance, to use to speak to us. And so I want to encourage you in the area of memorizing the Word. But don't ever think for one moment that putting the Scriptures in your mind, in memory, from a memorization standpoint, that that's all there is to it. Because I've seen people who could stand up and quote the Word and all, and rattle it off like all get out. But if it comes down to a choice between one Word that is real unto your heart and the whole Bible in your head, I'll take the one Word in your heart. It is more than a mental knowledge. There are a lot of people with the Logos. They got it everywhere. They got it at home on the shelf. They got it on plaques. They got it in their mind. But it's not a reality of what God has said to them personally in their spirit. And that's where you draw a line of the difference between the two and begin to understand that it has its place to memorize the Word, 
But don't count on just memorizing the word to cause it to become real to your life. You're going to have to start getting the personal revelation. See, a lot of people knew about Jesus. A lot of people have heard Jesus preach. But it's only when he has become real to them as an individual. It's when it gets personal. You see, our salvation is a personal thing. I don't care how great it was for my granddaddy, that old-time preacher, who loved God, who served God, who God delivered out of situation after situation. How he delivered him out of times when men had come to kill him. How he wrought miracle after miracle in his life and fed him when there was no food in the house. And when he sat out over a table where there was no food and offered thanks and faith unto God, God had people bring a full course meal into the house. Mighty God well able to do it. But you see, I could know about God, but it was another thing when I knew God. When I came to that point of where I personally knew, where I had personal revelation, me knowing, not about him, but knowing him. That's where we get into a difference between the Logos. The Logos is knowing about him and his promises and all that's written therein, and then we need to avail ourselves of that written word of God, surrounding ourselves with it until we're encompassed about that it's not departing from our ears and not departing from our eyes. But then it comes to a point to where it's real down inside us, then it becomes a different thing, and it becomes the rhema. Ironside said in his notes, Logos is the said word. Rhema is the same word. Logos is the said word. Rhema is the same word. It's one thing to know that it has been said, it is another thing to know what it is saying. When it's been said, it is a thing of the past. But God lives in the eternal now, present tense, and he's still saying. We need to take the Logos, make it the Rhema, to where no longer it is that which God has said, but that which he is speaking unto us as an individual. The saying word. Let's put it this way. Are the Holy Spirit quickening the word personally to us as an individual? The Holy Spirit quickening the word unto us as an individual. As a person who loves all types of things in life, athletics, so on, it's easy to look back and to think back to all the events that's taken place, you know, and recollect what God's done. Watch how He changes from point to point. And I can look back and say, all this happened. But looking back, one of the things I began to recognize was what caused me to change and what caused it to be a reality was when I personally took that which the Spirit of the Lord was saying to me at that moment. And it applied to me at that point and in my life, and it altered. Now you see, as a kid I had heard that Jesus Christ saved, that Jesus Christ paid the price. But the day that I heard that Jesus 
save me. Then my life changed. My life changed. The day that I heard him say it to me. I want to put it this way to you. When we talk about the rhema, and it says there in verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I like something that the Spirit gave Judy in the earlier service. Faith cometh by hearing from God, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing from God, and hearing by the word of God. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God, which can be a dead letter to an individual. And many times we can stand up and we can preach and preach and preach, and the, water, the Word of God can run off of people like water off of a duck's back. Never phase them, never penetrate them, never affect them, never alter their life whatsoever. And I begin to think about, well, what is the problem? Why is it that why people don't hear? Why don't they get a hold of what's being said? And how many times have you ever heard something? And, and all of a sudden it become real to you and you'd say to yourself, why didn't I hear that before? Why did it never register? Why did it never be clear? Because you didn't hear what the Spirit was saying to you as an individual. I'll put it like this. Rhema is a specific word to a specific person in a specific situation. God deals with specifics and he specifically saved you. Yes, it was his plan to save the entire world, but it was a specific thing when it happened to you as an individual. And when the Word of God starts to get specific to you, when you begin to nail it as an individual, and it begins to become real to you, then things get exciting and things begin to change and alter in your life. You see, the call went out to preach the gospel, not only to this city, but to every city throughout the world. Calls going forth. And I begin to think about it. why was I called to Tulsa? Why was I called to preach here? Why was I called to pastor? You begin to examine that in your mind. And I know even when the Lord first called me, you know, and he called me, he said, I want you to go back to Tulsa, start a family church, charismatic teaching, and reach the world. That sounds so smart and so braggadocious to say those kind of things. Yet that's what he said to me. That's what became real to me. It was a personal thing to me, a specific person, a specific statement at a specific time. And that's what he said to me. It was a lie to me. I couldn't deny it. If somebody else said, no, it's a lie, I'd had to call them a liar because I knew it was so. It was that real, the revelation of it. I was hearing what the Spirit was saying. And yet the Word of God is always declared, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And yet the Spirit spoke to me in a specific manner that said the same thing, and that is to reach the entire world. Are you following this? And so, why should it be braggadocious when it's backed up in the Word of God? Yet, because it's hard on our minds to think in a fashion, first of all, I begin to think, Lord, I don't have a college education. I didn't go to Bible school. Besides that, prophets without honor, without honor in his own country. I ain't been nothing but a businessman there. Who's going to pay attention? Who's going to listen? Yet that was what the Spirit was saying to me. That was the revelation that came to me in my heart at that time. I had to be obedient to that. It wasn't just a matter of what God had said. It was what he was saying. And that's the difference that some people have never been able to define yet, the difference between what God has said in that word and what is he saying to you.
What is the Spirit speaking? That's when it's the rhema, when it's a life coming to an individual to meet a specific situation. Now, if you'll understand, you stop and think. Have you ever noticed that people have come along and have received healing from the Word of God and deliverance and blessings from God just because God would give them one verse of Scripture in there to stand on? And yet the whole thing or the whole context might have been to another individual at a different time on a complete different basis. Are you following this? And yet, because the Spirit would take it and speak it to you, that was what the Spirit was saying to you at that moment. And you were able to stand. Larry was telling me of a man one time who got a hold of the Scripture that was talking about a completely different thing. But because he took hold of it, he believed God and his legs wouldn't cut off. The Scripture was, I shall not suffer thy foot to be taken. Talking about a total different thing, but yet the Spirit spoke it unto his heart. It became the rhema at that moment. It was a dead letter to some people, most people. But at that moment, the Holy Spirit, the agency that's working the earth today, come along and made it alive and powerful at that moment. Quickened it unto their hearts. Now, a lot of people are hearing the Logos, a knowledge about God, and the 6,000 promises that are in there, and that's exciting. But it's twice as exciting when it becomes the rhema of that which the Holy Spirit is speaking unto you at that moment. And you hear from heaven, and you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. You're on a different basis then. It's alive. It's not what God has said. It's what he is saying. Saying. Present tense. Yes, we have to be obedient to those things. We have to speak, do those things. I said, but Lord, there's so many ministries that should be somebody else to do what you call me to do here in Tulsa. And remember, it says, not all have obeyed. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and told me. And since then, I've talked to two individuals and know that it's so by the natural. But the Lord told me that he had called three ministers before me to do what I'm doing in this city. Three of them. Now, if you want to be negative and pessimistic, I could get insulted on the thing and say, Lord, I'm the end of the totem pole. You know, I'm the end of the line. I'm the last resort. That, that ought to encourage me in this fact. Some of you ought to, ought to be going ahead and be upset with some of those. If you don't like the way that I do it, you ought to like the fact that at least I obey. You saw what I'm saying? I don't doubt that there was somebody else who could have done it better, but they wouldn't obey. They refused to hear what the Spirit was saying. I don't doubt there are people with more abilities, knowledge, and all of that. But I heard, and I obeyed. And that's what will cause it to come out all right, is because I'm hearing what he's saying. There's where my victory is. There's where I win. Because when I hear what he's saying, and act accordingly, things will happen. Things will happen. It is speaking to a specific person at a specific time in a specific situation. 
You have been listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org.